agree with Pamela Torrance. We are we're not going back. Is the feature film played at the documentary film festival about Roe versus Wade? Obviously, it's it's in the news. It's 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 in the, the ether. I'm just curious about when did you? Because this is pretty. This is a pretty fast process making this film and us talking right now. When did you first decide? Okay, I'm going to make this film. Uh, it was a bit of a process, but I started to really get worried about what was going on in some of the southern states last fall in 2021 and then it was kind of some conversations i had over christmas with my family and i really started to at that point think i want to do this film as a smaller project and then so i officially launched on international women's day my recruitment video which was in march yeah but then the scotus leak happened in may which really blew everything up and made my film more urgent, more important, and mm. quite frankly, a bigger film that I decided I wanted to make it a bigger deal. And and really, it was the decision to, to leave California and go on the road and try to capture some sentiment from women in some of the red states. And that, I think, was one of the best decisions that I made. So um, because that's where, you know, that's ground zero. And in Texas, yeah. for example... They had already been suffering because they stopped uh, or they banned abortion at six weeks last um, September of 2021. So that was already looming and they were already, you know, a lot of the women were already experiencing hardships to get access to their healthcare needs. Yeah, And that was why I just had to go out on the road. And at that point, everybody was so mad at this decision, you know, right before it happened and then after and so I was really able, I think, to, to capture that kind of energy of the frustration and and the shock and, you yeah. know, the reaction from all these women and men, people all over, you know. And so it was that, yeah, it just kind of blew up because of the news to some degree. So, yeah. So October 26, uh, 2020, Amy Coney Barrett um, gets nominated for Supreme Court. And that's when you kind of, if you're paying attention and who, who they're nominating, obviously Kavanaugh, Gorish, in the last, isn't that crazy? Three years, you got three, you got three. Anyways, I know it's, yeah. it's yeah. luck or whatever, or, or maybe there's a devil in, inside of us. But basically, anyway, so then, you know, there's going to yeah. be, there's a flip. There's obviously a flip in the Supreme Court. And then you saw the writing on the wall that they're going to, they're going to change this. They, they said they were, right? eventually they're going to change this this Roe versus way correct well yeah they were sort of threatening and they've been threatening almost my entire life so i really wasn't wor- as they had the votes they finally had the votes in the supreme but court but in 2020 when amy Coleman barrett went on that was when i really started getting worried but then i was happy that you know biden had been elected so i was a little less worried but it was really a year later in 2021, when some of the actual states started flipping their yeah. you know, laws. And that was when I was like, wow, this is really happening. So because is- he because they they put it, they pointed to like 160 judges right through the Senate when during yeah. Trump, like McConnell and Trump, they 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 they, they threw all these like really crazy right wing uh, judges into into these courts. Right. And that's that's how they were able to do it. It's crazy white right wing judges at all levels, but I think for this, you know, issue because it had been decided at the Supreme Court level already. Yeah, we kind of knew. We all sort of knew it was going to take another case 
that was going to go up to the Supreme Court all the way at that level and challenge the precedent of Roe v. Wade, which is what happened with Dobbs. Now, Dobbs actually came out of Mississippi. But again, it was all these southern states around the same time sort of realizing Amy Comey Barrett, ooh, we have a chance to yeah. ban abortion. And they started passing these state laws that really were unconstitutional under Roe v. Wade. Yeah. And that's why the state laws, you know, essentially yeah. were challenged and went up to the Supreme Court. And that's when the Supreme Court, with too many Catholics on it, uh, you know, decided that now's the time to strip reproductive rights from more than half of the population of the United States. I mean, it's just really insane. So I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's 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 unbelievable. Let's it's more it's more than insane. It's it's unbelievable because listen, it's yeah. the majority of the population. It's, it was just proven in the last election. Over yeah. 60 percent of Americans agree with abortion, right? So they absolutely. And have this entire time. So, you know, they're in the minority. They're trying to legislate from this, you know, bully pulpit, I guess, mm -hmm. is the term. And, yeah, we're not going to let it stand. So it's unfortunate right now we have abortion banned in many states. And so we got to we got to put those protections back. Mm -hmm. My film, honest, honestly, I almost want to change the title because we're not going back. We actually have to go back to Roe v. Wade. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not going back. It was intended for the pre-Roe era. Yeah. When we had people dying in, in alleys with coat hanger abortions yeah. and things like that. So, you know, I you, made the title. For I want to make one last political point and before yeah. we get to your film. So as we're doing this podcast, there's 50 senators, 50 Democratic senators, Right. And then there's the there's the the redo election in Georgia. Right. That 51st yes. senator is very important because you can you can push through judges quicker if you don't if you have yeah. a majority if a majority Senate, you don't have to have a, you don't have to have the, the second vote. So he's been doing it. Biden's been doing the last two years. They put they push through 80 cent, uh, judges. It's yeah. not it's more than the Supreme Court. People like to pay attention to the Supreme Court, but it's really about getting those judges in those states Yes, those crazy laws that have been passed already, I guess, right? Yes, I it's, love that. Yeah, are, like, give me a break. Come on. Like, you know, what I, I mean? mean, really, they're gonna, they basically are reaching into our like uterus and trying to control our body. It's like yeah. ridiculous. So, the 51st, so anybody wants to donate to Georgia, <laughs> Georgia, yes, 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 that's support. That's Georgia an important election. is like December 6th or something. So, yeah, whenever you're listening to this. Yeah. If it's before that, um, yeah, donate to Georgia because uh, we got to get Reverend Warnock to keep his seat. Um, quite frankly, the Republican who's running is really insane. Who, Herschel so Walker? He's, he's crazy. He's almost yeah. dangerous. Yeah. yeah. He's a yeah, big football he's player, really, but he's crazy. But yeah. He's probably good on the field, but yeah, whatever. He <laughs> needs to do something different with his. But they, that's the thing. They love their football in Georgia, right? And they love their, their Herschel Walker. Yeah. Right? Yes. Heisman Trophy winner. So yeah. Yeah, I saw a meme the other day, which I think I'll plug, um, which was really potent or poignant, I should say. Um, and it said something to the effect of the the same people who were mad at um, Colin Kaepernick and LeBron James for speaking up and, you know, getting a little bit into politics are the same people who are voting and wanting to support Herschel Walker. Yeah. So what's up with the hypocrisy? So you're there? saying there's hypocrisy in the United States? Do you oh. think that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. We, we, we gotta remember, Amy Corn. Just to, to finish it off, they said Amy Corn Barrett. They said 
that basically they're not going to appoint uh, a, a Supreme Court judge during the election, right? Remember with remember they tried to get Neil. Well, so they yeah. said that, and then Neil of course Gorsuch. they're like, "Oh, we we changed our mind." So yeah, I think there's a lot of hypocrisy. There's so much hypocrisy. Yeah, that yeah the Amy or the um sorry the Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland, it, yeah. Uh, at the end of Obama's term. And yeah, they saw, you know, they basically blocked us for months. It was yeah. like seven months or something. And then Amy Coleman Barrett slips in, literally was voted in the week before the election. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah, hypocrisy. And then I, so, but I think with the younger populations realizing that midterms are very poor, you saw with the poll numbers is that, is that yeah. these Senate seats and these Congress seats are very important. It's, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's stuff like this because it's like, if they, if, they, if they had sent a majority, if Obama had to send a majority, then the, the, then the Supreme Court would be different and vote Roe versus Wade wouldn't be churned, right? So this is a, this is almost like a blessing in disguise, right? Like there, yeah. there's more attention placed on like elections and midterms and stuff like that. You know what? You term. could argue in the long, in the long game, it long is, game, it yeah. is good for long-term, you know, potential progressive things um certainly the young people have started to pay attention and they're now realizing wait these old fogies can like take away my reproductive rights wait a minute mm -hmm. let me get out and vote so exactly. i do think in the long run it is better for democrats but right now there's people suffering who are getting pregnant and don't want to have that you know situation mm -hmm. and they're struggling to have mm -hmm. to travel or whatever i want to get to you so your, your films i mean it's really interesting it's like there's some heart-wrenching Oh my God. I know. Unbelievable. So I'm <laughs> so curious about how, where did you find these people? Like for the first question is where did you find your interview subjects? Um, it was a bit of a mix, but it sort of was organic from uh, mainly Facebook groups that are kind of protected and pro progressive. There was one in particular that is all women, suburban women. It was started as kind of an anti-Trump group, but that when this when the leak happened in May, uh, everybody was just upset and people who can't really speak freely with their own families, you know, yeah. were finding old stories of their past. So that was where it was sort of an instant recruitment for my video or my film. I was already working on it, but I um, started reading these heart-wrenching stories written and I really just... I was just so touched and I that's when I made the decision to do it do it as a bigger a bigger film longer film and more a bigger deal for me to have to leave California and go on the road um, but there was one in particular there was a woman who's who's um, Cindy in the film uh, she ended up being anonymous but her story was the one that oh my god I, heartbreaking Cindy. your dad heartbreaking. Like, yeah yeah, her dad, I mean, you know, spoiler alert, her dad sort of forced her to have an abortion when she was young. So she didn't even want to have an abortion. And but it was a late term abortion uh, because she had not told her father yeah. that she was pregnant and then she she was damaged. So she, you know, her whole uterus was messed up. She had miscarriages in her first marriage and then she didn't really figure it out until her second marriage when she finally went in and had, you know, ultrasound and stuff like that. And yeah, so she was damaged for life because of horrible abortion laws and rules, et cetera. Yeah. So anyway, Cindy was the one who got me to go on the road. Then Cindy helped me recruit Julie and I went to Tulsa gotcha. and it sort of was organic and grassroots um, a little bit. A few folks I caught on my way home, you know, again with the Facebook groups, because by then the decision had already happened and 
you know, yeah, everyone was mad. Everyone was ready to talk, to be quite frank. And um, so how did you get them to talk? Like, it's like it's one getting them into the room, putting the camera on. And then the second thing is that they're sharing their story in such a personal way. How did you? In such a personal way. It was um, some of the folks I met at rallies, like literally the day after uh, Roe Way was overturned. I went to a rally in Fort Worth and I recruited two of the subjects, the couple um, who had an ectopic pregnancy and then the non-binary person who's uh, included. They were both from Fort Worth. Um, the church, you know, I uh, Tulsa All Souls is, um, I recruited a few people there. That's a Unitarian church. Then they referred me to the Unitarian church in Dallas, which is actually where Roe v. Wade was born, the legislation. So I was able to capture that story and include that in the film. And I think the main way I got them to talk was um, I always offered anonymity, right? Some yeah. of the folks are kind of silhouetted, uh, but I was really pleasantly surprised that most people wanted to be on camera. They were really passionate about this. They felt, especially the older ladies felt it's time to share the story. Yeah. After they, all those years, right? Yeah. They really were mad about the situation and they thought, Oh my God, if I don't do it now, when am I ever going to, you know, this is something, the story that they've been holding and locked deep inside was something that they really realized maybe could help people now. Yeah. And that was why they agreed to talk. And I don't know if this happened organically for you, but I loved how you have different types of stories, meaning that there's people older, obviously younger teenagers, people are in their 40s, different cultures, different economic backgrounds, like a whole kind of array of different types yeah. of women kind of telling you know their own story by kind of having with the big macro issue of 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 the subject i guess right yeah i wanted to really um normalize abortion yeah. i mean it's not it's not fun nobody wants to have an abortion but it's kind of like a root canal right nobody wants to have that either and not everybody has to have a root canal but you know if you have to have a root canal you just kind of have to do it and it's it is what it is so yeah it's a normal healthcare procedure that I did want to kind of normalize, mm -hmm. destigmatize for sure, get people to feel more comfortable telling their stories so yeah. we can make it more common and make it, make everybody fully realize that it's ridiculous to try to take this away, this kind of basic yeah. healthcare. So. So the, the, what I also like, it, it kind of, it, it's not said in the film, but it's also kind of, kind of like shown that it's a, it's a class system as well. Right. Where like, oh, yeah. If you're if you want if you're rich and you want an abortion, you can get an abortion, right? Clearly, absolutely. It, it's it's more about the people who like don't have those means and don't have, you know, what I mean the the situation. So then they're they're kind of stuck in this this realm, I guess, right? Absolutely, and I will say, yeah, it depends on the state, of course, but it now depends on, yeah, the socioeconomic class that you are and whether or not you have the ability to seek the type of resources and help that you need. Now, many states are having abortion funds. Um, you know, I did speak a little, little bit in Dallas. They're taking folks to uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico yeah. um, every other week. So I, I think that type of thing is happening all over. So there are resources. If you're listening to this now and you are worried, you're scared, you're in a, a red state that is um, restricting access and you or a friend or a loved one um, is concerned, you know, there are going to be uh, ways for you to get help. Um, you know, we have to put the legislation back. 
that's number one. But but until then, until that happens, there are resources. Um, just Google like abortion fund and your state. Yeah. And I think almost every state I've discovered, at least all the red states that need it, yeah. have some sort of kind of resource that's nonprofit that's that's there for you. And and if you are of means and you can help, then please um, you know try to support those abortion funds. Yeah. We need them in you know all the states that need it until we can put the the federal protections back. Well, your your film shows the it's really poignant, like about the stories that they tell. Like I said, like it's it's you can't help but be effective. It's it's almost the worry with your film is that it's like you're almost like preaching to the choir sometimes, or like yeah, you know what I mean. Like you want you want the other side to watch it, watch your film, right? But yeah, I I had somebody at my at the film festival where it did premiere um, on the big screen. Uh, yeah. Somebody asked me at the Q and A, yeah, how do you get you know the the bad guys the bad guys to see the, the guys, film yeah. and, you well, know that, calling them the bad guys is one way well, of I, that was my term they didn't actually no no I'm kidding, yeah, I'm the, kidding. Pro, the pro lifers you know yeah how do you get them to watch it uh, yeah it's really difficult I think it's um unless you like uh Clockwork Orange you know like you can pry their eyeballs open I'm not sure you can yeah. really get them to take this medicine but um but what the film is more yeah I made it as a catharsis for us for yeah. those of us who are struggling or you know who are mad about this but really the goal with the big get out the vote message at the end is to encourage and um empower young people to take 100%. action and so it was it's more about the people who may be on the fence or care about the issue but don't realize that they really need to get out you know just yeah. the washy people the people in the middle I wanted to get um that's what it's all about right it's like it also and, people brought up in a certain environment in their everybody's pro-life in their area but they have a kind of funny feeling about it they watch your film they can they can kind of come up with their own conclusion i guess right yeah i hope so i mean i think there's regular there's very professional um women who've been very successful in my film who had abortions there's young people who you know didn't realize you know maybe we're struggling for other reasons and they needed the health care and everything in between and yeah i did want to make sure that obviously there's the more extreme rape and you know those types of struggles sure. but but there are the mundane you know this somebody just you know oh wanted to go to college or was going to take a big exam or something and you mm-hmm. know didn't need to have this in their way so i think that's also another you know i wanted to make sure that it was the mundane stories were also included as well no 100% like i said there's there's different types of stories everybody's got the, the, but the that heartbreaker is the is the girl like you you like that's like what gave me tears. Like what she like the she didn't disclose her face, uh, um, but like just her dad and like the like the emotional abuse, the physical abuse, and like just like and then yeah, it ruined her her life, ruined her body, right? So ruined her ability to have family. Fortunately, she does have a lovely, wonderful husband. Who's- that's great. No, it's good. It's good that there's a, there's a good there's a good happy somewhat happy ending. But like you can't help but feel about, oh, about yeah. like for, for her in that film so you, you accomplished it so what did you think about the we send the audience to you what did you think about the, what the audience had to say i was so touched with the audience feedback because not that many people had seen the film um people aren't going to the film festivals and so the only premiere that i had really didn't have very many people it was my friends and family mostly so to have and i was so happy that they were mostly young i think they yeah. were i mean i'm guessing they were all in their 20s or maybe early 30s so that was really helpful um and i i really touched them and that to, for me that touched me that i really touched them and 
Um, they really went on, you know, I mean, they gave amazing feedback and I'm so grateful that I had that glimpse of what the, these folks were seeing, even from the comfort of their own home. And they really were touched and emotionally, uh, you know, it was really the emotional journey that I intended. And I feel like that, that yeah. hit. So it was really exciting. Yeah. You accomplished your goal in the, in the film. And it's like, yeah, I think that this is kind of a, obviously an important film and it come, comes out, comes out at the right time. And I wish you the best. Are you, what do you, are you have anything planned uh, next as a filmmaker? Oh, thank you for asking. Well, I really, um, I guess I'm a feminist, you know, I mean, I've been a feminist, but I, I kind of want to continue with this feminist filmmaking. I, I think it was, it was really fun and I feel like it's empowering and I feel like the voice is needed to, you know, needed to be amplified, if you yeah. will. So my next trick, I think in this lane is I think I'm going to do a podcast, kind of a feminist podcast. Okay. I'm going to try to get um, different women for different episodes. So I, I figure that's sort of accessible and more easier to do yeah. than a like a web or a docu series, which yeah. would be ideal, more of a film. But um, I think I think I'll start with a podcast, and then maybe some of that um, audio can can be um, incorporated into a more visual format later. Um, as far as film, um, I don't know. I'm looking for my next. I have a couple of folks I'm talking with about telling their stories, kind of in a documentary fashion. So I, nothing really official that i can really talk about yet but i'm i got, I'm I got a bonus question to ask you uh, absolutely is, is this just for fun just for fun because you i asked you we asked you in the blog interview what movie you saw the most times in your life oh god you said tootsie right fantastic tootsie. film i actually watched yes. it like six months ago but the question i have for you is that is that is that they're able to make that movie now oh that is that would be totally I would want to explore that on my podcast. Yeah. I think, I think, um, I think, no, I think they would get a lot of flack uh, for, yeah, I, I have to go back and think about it. Yeah. I don't think so. I think Dustin Hoffman would, maybe he would still want the role, but I don't know that the studios would want to. That's well, that's the studios, right? Cause my kids just watched the guy, what guy showed my kids, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, right? Yeah. Even that one. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's I mean, and I'm it, watching it and it's it's funny, right? It, but it's like, are they uh, able to make hilarious. that movie now? They're both great movies, and it is sad to think about that because I I support the transgender community hundred percent, hundred percent. But like to take away from the ability for you know silly uh, concepts like that because you know they're afraid of touching the third rail, yeah. you, you know, the studio. So yeah, I don't know. I think that's a really good question. Because I definitely cause, will dig into that. I remember they're making Tootsie like if you have like rubber research, like the making of the film. It was pretty. The, the, like Sidney Pollock directed it. It's a pretty tough film where like they were trying to balance that feminist kind of line where like because he becomes a better man by being a woman. That's sort of the thematic of the film. Right? Yeah, that that's kind of the log line. Yeah, you could argue. Yeah. yeah. But is that yeah, offensive? To, you know what I mean? Like it's like where does that where does that line cross? Well, that's that's interesting. So I was thinking that both of those movies that you mentioned would be tough because of the transgender. Yeah, oh, yeah, 100 percent. And I think that's still valid. But even just from a feminism perspective of the 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 cis heteros, which I think is the term, uh, I, yeah, would the same feminist themes that, you know, and with the arc of 
I mean, I like it. The art, you become a better man by be, by becoming a woman. I mean, I still like <laughs> that's that. The that's film, that's what the film thematic is, right? That is. So I think that would still be valid. I think it's the it's the cross dressing that of unless course. they unless they cast a transgender in that role, I don't know. Oh, maybe maybe something for your podcast. I would just say something. I think I love it. I will yeah. definitely think about it. It's an sure. interesting thing. All right, great film. I wish you the best. And with it, I know you probably rushed to get it before the election, and uh, which is amazing. And so let's we hopefully we'll talk again. I hope so. Yeah, I mean this film's still valid. You know, we you know for the next election and all the others, and, and it will really always be valid. It'll always stand the test of time because because you, you got great interviews. That's why. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. and thank you for doing this uh, and for helping to to promote um, independent films. And I mean, I love what you do. It's wonderful. Thank, thank you. you. One, two, three, four, five, six.